Welcome! How are you, Woodland Church? Wow, it's so good to see you. You have no idea. Chris and I are so excited to see you guys. Uh, since we reopened our three campuses, it's just been amazing. It's so exciting. We've realized how much we've missed community. And so, welcome. Uh, you are so welcome here at Woodland Church. Um, uh, we're just one big family. If you're a guest, we're especially glad you're here. Just make yourself right at home. Um, we also want to welcome all you guys worshiping with us all around the world, and you guys worshiping with us in this area, connected with us online and through our broadcast ministry that goes around the world. And so it's just great to have you. The, the big point we're trying to make is stay connected. You were made for connection, connection to God and others. And so whether it's online, gathered with your family or some friends, or whether it's here at one of our three campuses, stay connected during this time. It's just so important. Um, we're going to be talking about something really important as well. That's right. Have you ever wondered what the secret is to working through those tough relationships in your life. I mean, go ahead and think about that tough relationship that you have and then listen to the message because we want to kick it off by letting you know that Carrie and I found a great way to deal with tough stuff and it's bubble bumper therapy. So we tried that out and just take a look. It works really well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the secret right there. I saw awesome. bruises from that video, and I'll tell you what, I think it really did feel great to Chris. I was a little, I was concerned you felt like that was real therapy. It was wonderful, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, we're in this series that's all about how to break out of our own little selfish bubble and trying to create a world that revolves around us and move into a world that revolves around our connection with God and others. And today we're going to talk about communication bubble, because the number one problem in most relationships today is we get stuck in these communication bubbles that we can't seem to break out of, and it causes communication breakdown. Now, military commanders know that if you want to win the battle, the first thing you've got to do is knock out the lines of communication of the enemy. If you bomb the communication center of the enemy, then what it does, it puts all the units in communication bubbles where they can't communicate with each other. And in those communication bubbles, it begins to feel isolating. And so it fills them with fear and confusion when units can't communicate with each other. And what happens is they don't have the communication to really come together and it prevents a counterattack. But our enemy, Satan, knows that if he can knock out the lines of communication between a parent and a teenager or between a husband and a wife, or between a boss and an employee, or between two coworkers or two friends. Then he has free reign to destroy the relationship. Our enemy knows that if he can get two people each stuck in their own communication bubble, that that bubble will begin to turn into an isolation bubble, a fear bubble, an anger bubble, a confusion bubble that will eventually become a bitterness bubble that will surround the whole relationship and suffocate the life and the love right out of it. So we're gonna look at how to break out of these communication bubbles to really break through and really communicate with the people in our lives. So open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter four. 
We're just gonna read one verse, but would you stand in honor of God's word? And it's one really important verse. Just follow along with me. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Dear God, I pray today that you would just bring about breakthroughs. Lord, the biggest issue in workplaces today and in companies and businesses is communication breakdown. And the biggest issue in families today is communication breakdown. And Lord, we just see communication breakdown all around us. So I pray that you would just give us a miracle breakthrough today, that you would break into people's hearts and lives and break us out of these communication bubbles and into each other's hearts so that you change, Lord, our relationships. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated, and I want you to focus on the part of that key passage that says, binding yourselves together. The goal of close relationships is to break out of the bubble and to bind together in unity. Not that you agree on everything, not that you see everything the same way. You come at things from different perspectives, from different backgrounds, with different needs, different desires, but yet you're bound together in that understanding, and it brings about peace. You're bound together in understanding each other, being connected with each other. But I want you to see the first part of that verse. Make every effort to keep yourselves united. He's saying it's gonna take every effort. It's going to take all that you've got. It's gonna take a lot of hard work to break out of those selfish bubbles and into the life of someone else and really understand and seek to understand them and to bind together. It's gonna take a lot of work and intentionality because if you're not intentional, then the relationship will drift apart. Relationships just naturally drift apart. You have to get really intentional to bring them close together, especially to bind together in understanding each other. And so we're gonna share with you three things you gotta move out of in order to move from breakdown to breakthrough. Not long ago, Carrie and I were in our backyard with our oldest grandson, Benjamin, who is five. And Carrie had the great fortune to spy a turtle. It was great fortune for Ben because Ben was so thrilled with this turtle. I mean, just take a look. This is one happy kid, right? And so we have this turtle and I thought, oh, this is great, teachable moment. I said, Ben, look at this turtle. This is amazing. Look what God made. And we could make a little home for him here under the bushes and we could get some grass and leaves and water and, and make a nice little place for him because it was a really hot day. And Ben just looked up at me and he said, hmm, actually his shell is his home. I mean, he just comes in and out of it when he wants to. His home is himself, so we really don't need to make him one. I thought, that's pretty wise for a five-year-old. And as Carrie and I were talking about the strategies that we end up using to hide away in our bubble, we thought about that turtle and thought about how that turtle just kind of darts in and out. I mean, he would slowly come out, but at the first you know, blush of a breeze, it would just dart back inside. And really, you and I are pretty much the same way when it comes to relationships because we realize correctly that we need protection. I mean, this world can be really hard. We need protection. 
The trouble is that we just go about it the wrong way. We think that we can provide our own protection. And so we dart back inside our little shell, uh, our bubble, whenever we feel fear. Now, the turtle might fear an animal or uh, some kind, something going on in nature. What we fear is rejection. Our big fear is rejection, and the slightest hint of it, even the possibility of it, we go back into our shell. So we are going to be talking about how to get out of our shells. And the first thing, the first principle in going from relationship breakdown to relationship breakthrough is to move from hiding to revealing. Hiding to revealing. Hiding is just our knee-jerk reaction when we feel fear. Hiding, but revealing is very counterintuitive and it takes practice and, as Carrie said, intentionality. And so maybe you're thinking right now, hold it, I really don't need to listen to this one because I don't hide. I mean, for heaven's sakes, I'm out there all the time. I'm with people constantly. I'd love to hide. I would love to go into my closet and just be alone for a few minutes, but I can't. I have all these responsibilities, you know, between my family and work. I have no chance to hide. Well, we're talking about hiding in relationships, and you may be showing up in person, but yet hiding your heart, hiding that vulnerable place. So let me tell you what hiding actually looks like in a relationship. One is avoiding confrontation. We just avoid confrontation by sticking with the surface issues when we talk to each other. All of us know that there are some categories of surface issues that we don't even have to worry about revealing our hearts. So if we stick to things like the weather or food, what you ate last night, what you're going to eat, what you like to eat, traffic, any of the kind of safe categories, gossip, sports, all these things we can just talk about, have conversations and never really reveal our heart. And it turns out that's one of the ways that we hide is just keeping those kind of conversations going. Another way is to dodge hard conversations with excuses. Usually the excuse is, I'm too busy. Sorry, love to talk with you about that. Can't do it right now, gotta go. So excuses. And then we also try to hide by controlling our image. A lot of times that's on social media, you know, post something happy, things are great, or we run into someone in person and we say, hey, how are you doing? Great, how are you doing? Awesome. And then we just both go our own ways, and yet neither one of us ever really reveals our heart or lets the other know what's going on in our lives. And then also just plain old false words, whether that's a lie or what we like to think of as a white lie. We like to think of all of our own lies as white lies. Like they're, they're okay as long as we have a really good reason for it. Or just letting someone else hear what they want to. Just giving someone else the words they want to hear so that we don't really have to deal with them. All of us kind of have a pretty good sense of what the other person wants to hear in a conversation, right? And so we give them those words and we don't have to talk about hard issues. But the bottom line is that we try to construct our own shell, our own bubble, keep people at arm's length by hiding. And the way to break out of that is to start intentionally revealing. And how do we do that? Well, you just stop trying to protect yourself. You just drop the bubble, drop the defenses, and start revealing your heart. 
In Psalm 125, verse 2, it says this, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. You see, Jerusalem is a city on a hill, but kind of a platform that's surrounded by higher hills. It's the picture of being completely surrounded on every side. And the astounding news for us is that God surrounds us. We're weak and vulnerable. That's why we try to hide and try to employ all these strategies. But the truth is that our strong God, who actually has the ability and the resources and the love for us to protect us, he's there for us. We don't have to protect ourselves. It is a game changer. You know, our Father loves it when we run to him. And, you know, we we feel scared. We run to him for protection. We know that we can hide in his arms. We know that we can actually be protected by his truths, by claiming his promises. Now, maybe you have memorized a lot of scripture in your life. Maybe you never have. Either way, this is a great one for you. So I'm challenging all of us to commit this one to memory this week. Psalm 56, verse 3. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Hey, we can all remember that, can't we? When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. And this is important to put in our brains and remember because it says, when I am afraid. I love that the Bible says that because it's not if I feel afraid, it's when. Hey, we all get scared and we all feel like we're the only one that's scared. The truth is, we all get scared and when we're afraid, we can put our trust in God and move from hiding to revealing. So I told you what hiding looks like. Here's just a snapshot of what really revealing in relationship looks like. It is being willing to risk whatever comes next. Now, instead of trying to manage the conversation, manage where things go and what we're allowed to talk about, it's trusting, you know what? We can both share our hearts, share our feelings. God is going to take care of us. I know a lot of husbands who literally will sign up to jump out of planes before they will sign up for a real conversation with their wife. I mean, come on. They think they're so risky, but yet, oh, that one is too risky for me. We'll not do that. And also it means getting in the habit of having staggeringly honest conversations. And again, this does not come naturally. You know, as we carry red in our first verse, you know, this is, this is work. This is actually going to take work. This stuff that we are talking about today is not for sissies, okay? This is hard. This is the hardest, most challenging, riskiest stuff you are going to find on this planet is really engaging, but it's also the most rewarding. So having these staggeringly honest conversations, being willing to be awkward and be awkward first. Every real conversation that Carrie and I have, or we have with our children, or we have with anyone else uh, that's, that's just kind of uncomfortable, that we'd rather avoid, it's awkward. Get used to it. It's just getting used to saying, you know what, this feels weird, I'm gonna do it anyway. God's gonna take care of me. And practicing that all the time. Being willing to bring up uncomfortable topics because 
It's the truth, and it's real, and we know it is. So Carrie's going to share with you a little more about that and the next steps in how to do it. Yeah, the second thing is we've got to move from assuming to asking. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes we make in really close relationships is that we assume that we know what they're thinking. We assume we know how they're gonna respond in every situation. We assume we know what their needs are. This is a really important to understand. If you've been in a relationship for a long time, uh, we begin to assume. We get overconfident in our assumptions about the other person. And when we assume rather than ask, basically what we're trying to do is put an assumption bubble of our own little assumptions over the other person, and it keeps them stuck. We try to keep them stuck in the past, and we don't give them room to grow and room to change because we're always changing, we're always growing, so we have to update our understanding. If we don't do that, we're gonna put assumption bubbles on everyone around us, and it creates all kinds of problems. In this verse, Proverbs 25, it says, a person's thoughts are like water in a deep well, but someone with understanding can draw them out. Focus on the word deep and the word understanding, because without understanding, you can't go to a, a new depth in a relationship. A relationship can't go deep without understanding, and that's why most relationships stay on a surface level. And they just stay right there. Marriages that have been going on for 20 years, 30 years, sometimes stay at a surface level because there's no true understanding. Now, the Hebrew word for understanding comes from the word for between. And so understanding is really the difference between what we assume they're thinking and what they're really thinking. Understanding is really the difference between what we assume their needs are and what their needs really are. The difference between uh, understanding and just knowing, really, truly understanding is so important. And so I want you to take a look at that verse one more time. A person's thoughts are like water in a deep well, but someone with understanding can draw them out. So how do you draw them out? You gotta ask questions. We've gotta ask questions and ask deeper questions. Ask specific questions, ask detailed questions, ask follow-up questions. You've got to ask questions. I'm still learning stuff about this gal right here that uh, after 36 years of marriage, I didn't know. I I'm still learning, and she's growing and changing, I'm growing and changing, and we're still learning things about each other, and we're taking off these assumption bubbles that are so easy to put on the other person, and it keeps them from being able to change and grow. We gotta give each other the grace to change. Not too long ago, I asked Chris, what makes you feel treasured? And she said, I feel treasured when I feel understood. So then I asked, well, what makes you feel understood? You know, and we just went from there and on and on and on and on and on, and I still don't really understand. But I asked, you know. And what I have found that's so amazing, husbands, is that your wife gives you credit if you try to understand. You don't have to understand her as long as you're trying to understand her. That goes a long way. We'll never totally understand each other because we're very different, but yet we can be understanding of each other. And that's what binds you together in the spirit is seeking to understand each other, seeking that unity that comes from understanding. And so I encourage you then to do this third thing as well that takes it even more detailed. 
That's right. The third thing moving from breakdown to breakthrough is to move from hearing to listening. Move from hearing to listening. Now, we kind of use those two words interchangeably, so let me tell you what I mean by that. First of all, has anyone ever, you know, you talk to your husband. Sometimes I will talk to Carrie, and, you know, it's the lights are on, but nobody's home. He's just, you know, staring off into space, and I feel like that he has not heard me. I'm just thinking deep and big thoughts. Yeah. Big visionary thoughts. And I will usually, if I sense that, I usually stop and just give him a pop quiz. Say, hey, what did I just say? And sometimes he can actually repeat back verbatim, even though I know he's just like scrambling in his brain to find a place that can pick up a few words that I just said. Oh, you were talking about about this. But hearing, let me tell you the definition that I'm using here for hearing and listening. Hearing is simply picking up sounds, okay? But listening is... Mental activity. Listening requires mental activity. It means you're actually engaging mentally with what the other person is saying. You are tuned in. You're engaged. You're listening. Now, let's look at this next verse, which is James 1, verse 19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, a lot of times, we do the exact opposite, don't we? I mean, we are quick to jump to conclusions and then just start talking and giving all of our opinions on what our conclusions are from something that we don't even know is real. And then we don't stop and hear the other person's side of it. There is so much in the Bible about our speech, about our words. And that's because it's a really important area of our lives and a critical part of relationships. So I encourage you to jump in. We can just skim the surface on this today, but there is so much in the Bible about our words. Now, here are a couple of very practical ways to become a better listener, to be able to key in on those key relationships. One thing is be alert, stay alert. That's not only while you're speaking, you know, just by engaging, but also it means to watch for times, for opportunities that real conversations could take place. And for parents, this is absolutely essential. Carrie and I have four kids. They are now adults. We have walked this path and we encourage you, learn from our mistakes. The stuff I tell you is stuff that we have gleaned from a lot of years of parenting, and that is, There is a window of time when your child will be more receptive to actually having real conversations with you. Your job is to find it. Figure it out. They are not going to come to you in general, most kids, and say, wow, I'd really like, you know, why don't you just like dig into my heart and see what I'm feeling, mom. You know, hey, dad, you know, let's have that tough conversation that you've been putting off. It's not going to happen. We have to watch for opportunities. And in our family, a lot of times that just meant simple timing and having some routines. I tried to have a routine where, you know, either at um, at the end of the school day or maybe at bedtime, find a time where you can connect with your child. And we, We know if we've really connected or not. If we've just said, did your homework? Yeah. Did you do this? Yeah. Okay, good night. But really stopping and listening, asking questions, as Carrie said, getting into their lives. One thing that's worked for us through the years, we actually still do it, um, sometimes is just say, hey, what was your high-low? That was, what was your high-low? And we've gotten so used to saying it over the years, it sounds like one word. What was your high-low? 
But that's code in our family for, hey, tell me something good that happened today. Tell me something tough that happened today or that you're dealing with. And it opens up some avenues for conversation. So I just encourage you parents, find, find a time to do that. And the same applies in marriage. There have been lots of times where I have brought up a conversation to Carrie at a time that was just convenient for me. I've been thinking about this all day, and so I grab him the second that he, you know, uh, might walk in the door, or right when he is hungry and about to bite into a sandwich, you know, I choose four times to actually connect, and then I'm disappointed with the result. And being willing to just wait for those times, finding a time, and just this week, I brought something up, and it was right, you know, right before we went to bed. It was the end of the day. We were both tired, but I said, oh, by the way, and I started talking to him, and Carrie said, you know what? I love you, but right now, I'm all out of words, and I, I could appreciate that. It's like, I get that. He said, I would love to talk about it, though, tomorrow morning. Would that work for you? Yeah, it would. It was the simple, him kind of diffusing that. If he would have said, uh, and pretended to listen, but not really listened, I would have been frustrated. I would have felt like, wow, you're not really you know, connect, you know, connecting here. You're not, you're not hearing me. But the fact that he, was, he just said, you know what? Can we do this later? That worked great. So try to find a time when you're not hungry or stressed or tired, when either one of you is that, if you want to connect deeply. And then another way to become a better listener is just learning to be patient. Being patient is something that, as a society, we're horrible at. We, we get frustrated if we have to wait in line at the fast food place. You know, it's like, don't make me wait for things. And the problem is that that carries over into relationships with disastrous results. Because we have conversations, and everybody feels like they need to really fast say what they're going to say not necessarily in the clearest way, but just get it in because they know they don't have much time. The reality is, real connection does not happen in sound bites. You cannot distill this down and just each be very efficient. Carrie and I have found that, sure, there's lots of times where we relate to each other in an efficient way. Hey, are you doing this? Yes, I am. You know, are you going here? When will you be back? Different, different quick answers? Sure. But don't mistake that for actual communication and connection. Uh, connection takes time. Manage your expectations. Talking, actually connecting, listening, takes a lot longer than you would think, but it is worth it. So if it's not a good time to talk, say so. And another thing is, don't interrupt. When we interrupt each other, and this is something we're used to, Carrie and I have to catch ourselves on this all the time. What it really reveals is We've been thinking about what we were going to say next instead of listening to them. And we also are thinking that what I'm going to say is better than what you're saying because I'm just going to run over your words right now. Carrie and I have tried to pull ourselves back and correct each other in these things. And then also listen for their heart. Listen for their heart in whatever it is they're saying. Most people, us included, have a hard time just showing up with their heart. We don't like to do that. And if we um, aren't careful, if we aren't intentional, we will snap back to that setting of hiding and assuming instead of revealing and really sharing, connecting, and communicating. 
you would think that Carrie and I would have this down by now. I mean, you really would. We have been married for a long time. And you would think that, you know, okay, we have read the Bible verses on this. Carrie's preached about it. We've written a book about marriage. You'd think that we would be really good by now. Here is the honest truth, people. We work so hard at this every day in our own marriage. I mean, we, it is work, and we are still working. We share this stuff not because we have arrived and figured it out. It's basically the opposite. It's that, wow, this is just really hard, and it continues to be hard. But yet, it's so worth it. So listen for the other person's heart, not just their words. A lot of times, the words on the surface that come off as anger or criticism, if you listen for their heart, it's actually fear talking. It's actually the other person saying, I am afraid. I'm afraid of losing you. I'm afraid we've lost connection. I'm afraid you don't really want to know me. And we end up feeling very alone. And yet, there is hope for us. So Carrie's going to show you a little bit of how that looks in our relationship. Yeah, let's continue with these practical tips on how to listen. I think, guys, you'll really relate to some of these. Uh, first, eye contact is so important. When I'm talking to Chris, she's bringing up a tough issue, or I am, it's so important to, to give eye contact. Um, or really any time. Well, any time is eye contact is good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes when Chris is talking to me about something serious, I look up and I'm kind of thinking. You know, it, I look away and I kind of think. And eye contact isn't so important. I can look away and watch the ball game here with this ear, process it, hear the ball game with this ear. Now, um, but really, a lot of times I do look away when I'm thinking, and, and, but I found that she doesn't feel listened to at all. And so it, I'm, Weird, huh? Yeah, I'm learning eye contact is so important. The second thing is physical contact. Now, I'm a hider because I want to be Chris's hero in all things. I think a lot of guys want to be the hero, and so we want to be the hero, and if there's something that I'm not very good at, that I feel incompetent at, that I can't quite grasp the way I want to and really master that the way I want to, like communication. Chris has never said to me, I'm out of words. And I don't know, uh, those of you who are married, if your spouse has ever said that to you or not, but, um, but she's so much better at me at communicating and really connecting on a deeper level. And so I feel sometimes like I'm inept at it. And so I want to be her hero, and I feel like I can't be, so I, I hide a lot of times. I go into that hiding mode, but I found I can't be the hero when I'm hiding. And so what I have to do is risk awkwardness, and I'm still learning this, but it's so powerful because I, I want to connect with her. I want her to feel connected. So I look into her eyes and I take her hand. Even though I feel like moving away sometimes, especially if it's a tough issue, it's something that I'm not doing right. And there's a lot of things I'm not doing right. You know, there's a lot of uh, areas I need to really grow in. And so I move toward her instead of moving away from her. I want to move toward her and, and listen and really listen because she wants to connect with me desperately and I want to connect with her desperately. We just have these things that we do that can bring us apart. So we're trying to come together and bind ourselves together. And then the third thing is reflective listening. Dr. Paul here at Woodland Church talks about that all the time in all of his seminars, and this reflective listening. And let me just give you an example of the way it works. The other day we were coming into church to speak at our all-staff devotional, 
And as we came in the back of the church, got out of the car, we both got out of the car at the same time, and I just kind of rushed inside, rushed to my office, and I looked around and Chris wasn't there. And then she comes in, and then we go out and we speak, and we come back to the office, and she says, hey, this is no big deal, but I've gotta tell you something that made me feel kind of confused and a little bit hurt. Let me tell you. And so here's the way it went. I just said, hey, you know, when we arrive somewhere together in a car and you jump out and run in as if you didn't have anyone with you, that makes me feel like you forgot me and it just felt kind of bad. And I want to, at that moment, defend myself. Oh, no, I just go into this, you know, compartment that, hey, I'm getting ready for this and I'm just hurrying. I'm just thinking you're right there with me and I'm, and I want to make excuses. So my ADHD kicked in. You know how much I love you, how valuable you are to me. I want to make excuses, but what I'm learning to do is this reflective listening. And so I'll eye contact, grab her hand, and I'll say, so when I just got out of the car and went straight to my office without looking around for you, waiting for you, it made you feel like you weren't important. It made you feel a little bit hurt. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big girl. I can walk into the church myself. I just would like to know that you... um, you know, you value that we're together. So you felt like I didn't value you at that moment. Right. I'm so sorry. That must have felt really isolating, really lonely. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I wasn't thinking that way. I love you. I value you. You're my treasure. I love you too. And so it didn't go perfectly that way. I'll say that. We just gave you the end result. We cleaned that up for you a little bit. Two hours later, that's what happened. And, um, and so uh, we just wanted to get you right there. Uh, but really, that's what we're learning to do is that reflective listening. And, and um, there have been times when I just kind of repeat back everything she says word for word. And that is even worse, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds, feels like you're just parroting mm-hmm. me. And it feels even less like connection. Yeah. yeah. And so I want to, um, you know, show her that I really understand what's going on in her heart. She's not feeling valued. And, and she does that with me all the time and makes me know that she understands what's going on inside. And so it's just really, really been helpful in every way. I just want to say to you, if you feel like it's too late for some of these communication tools and communication breakthroughs, and you look back at a relationship and you think, man, I, I just blew it there, or you're in a relationship where you think, Man, it's just been so long since we've really connected and communicated. I wish I'd known this earlier. It's never too late to start really working on connection in relationships. It's never too late. A friend of mine this week reminded me of the ancient proverb that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. But the second best time is today. And so today, start planting those seeds of connection. Keep planting those seeds of understanding. It's never too late to start. Start today. Start working on that. Do that reflective listening. Move closer. Eye contact. Just the simple things that make such a powerful difference. And I know some of you are really hurting in a relationship today. Really hurting. And maybe you're praying for a miracle to get rid of the hurt. But maybe the miracle is hidden beneath the hurt. Maybe it's in that hurt that God is gonna show up when you really dig into it 
and you really reveal it and you bring it to him. Maybe it's in the middle of the, the pain that God has something powerful to do in your life. Look at this last next verse, Psalm 139.5. You are all around me on every side. You protect me with your power. That is the secret. That's the whole secret to being able to do this is knowing that you are surrounded by Jesus Christ who loves you and will protect you. He wants the best for you and for your relationships even more than you do. And so remember, he is all around you on every side. We don't have to create this bubble of our own. Now, Carrie and I would love to stand before you and tell you that we have this figured out. I mean, we'll be honest. We'd love for you just to think well of us and think, oh, wow, they really have it together. They have nailed this. How do I know that some of you are thinking that? Well, because I've had people through the years come up to me, literally had a woman come to me and say, you must just sit at his feet all day long and listen to the wisdom that pours out of his mouth. And I just... I think that's really wise. I mean, that woman, my mom, I think really is a wise person. And I said, oh, yeah, it's pretty much like that um, at our house. The truth is, you know, we are just like you. We have the same struggles. All of us do. You are not alone in feeling alone. We get it. We get that. And as we were preparing for this message this week... Um, I happened to be looking, I had my quiet time journal. I have, so every day I spend time with the Lord. That's just what I, my habit in the mornings. And I write things down. If the God of the universe is telling me something, if I want to talk to him, writing it down really helps me process. It's something I encourage you to try if you haven't tried it yet. It's just jotting something down. It's just between you and God. And that's how I treat my journal for this time. It's just between me and God. But I happened to have it next to me this week, and Carrie and I were talking about the message and talking about communicating and uh, kind of talking about, yeah, after a lot of years of marriage, wow, it really takes a lot of work. And I said, yeah, on our anniversary a few weeks ago, I wrote some stuff down about this, and I flipped open my journal, and I started reading it to him, and he said, I really feel like you should share that this weekend. And I said, oh, I didn't write it for that. This is just, I was just writing to God. I didn't even talk to you about it that day. And so um, I figure, well, you know, if I'm asking you guys to reveal your hearts, that I should do the same. And so uh, just to give you a snapshot of, in truth, what uh, marriage looks like for us, uh, I'll share with you. Um, what I wrote um, a few weeks ago on our 36th anniversary. Um, I got up early that morning and I was just spending time with God and, and wrote this. 36 years of your faithfulness, Lord. 36 years of training and surprises. 36 years of challenges and gifts and grace. 36 years of pulling together and pulling apart, of letting go of me to become we. 36 years of serving and being served, 
of trying to remember and trying to forget. 36 years of asking for forgiveness and forgiving, of breaking and mending. 36 years of hurting each other and being hurt, of fighting with each other and fighting for each other, of running away from each other and running into each other's arms. 36 years of hiding and longing to be known. Our marriage is like a cloth, and we're each made of threads going in different directions, warp and weave, and you can't make cloth without both. But I see now that the consistency of the daily small things carries more weight than all the big ones. The little ways we tear each other down, all seemingly insignificant on their own. An exasperated tone of voice, a critical attitude, a white lie, selfish silence, insisting that my way is right. These are the things that rip the cloth of our marriage one thread at a time. They're the most dangerous transgressions by far because they're so easily justified. A cloth with a tear can be mended, but a cloth picked apart thread by thread cannot. I want you to know that your pastors aren't perfect, but your God is. And that we can stand here before you because God is all-powerful, all-encompassing, and we fall on him every day. This marriage thing, it is not easy, but it is the best thing this side of heaven. It's the hardest and the best. Hard is not the opposite of good. And the hardest things really can be the best ones. And so I encourage you, if you feel today like there's no hope for that relationship in your life, I wanna encourage you that the way to turn it around is the same way it came apart. And that is thread by thread by thread. It will take intentionality. It will take hard work. It will take lots and lots of conversations. It will take even more hurt in some ways. But yet the reward is in, on this earth, getting to be more unified, getting to be just a little bit more like our God. You know, Jesus Christ understands. He understands and, and he will help you. I mean, Jesus left his perfect home of heaven. Talk about a shell, a bubble. He left that to become a baby, a human baby. And he did it all for us. He did that so that he could wrap us in our, his arms of love and surround us. You, know, you can be surrounded by Jesus Christ today. All you need to do is just thank God, I trust you. I thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I agree with you. I've blown it. I'm a sinner. Sin just means missing the mark. You know, all the ways we've not been like God and saying, you know what, I want to change. I want to turn today. I want to be like you. And it's going to be tough, but you're going to be there for me, and I thank you for it. So let's start this journey together. 
And Jesus Christ says he'll never leave you, never forsake you. He'll be there for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that there's hope for us because of you. Help us to, this week, every hour, every day, be intentional with our words, to have our eyes open for opportunities to change. Father, help us just take that first step of being willing to imagine that you could actually heal relationships. We trust you, Jesus Christ. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, baby. Um, We're now at the part of our service where we give back to God. And the way we do it is online or through our smartphone or, and you can go to wc.org slash give. Um, I'm just so proud of what's going on in the ministries of the church right now. Unbelievable what God is doing as we're stepping out in faith, risking in faith. And Chris, can you tell us some of the things that just happened this last week? Yeah, it's been amazing the way you guys have made a difference in our community uh, through this The last several months, um, you're continuing to make changes in so many ways, serving in giving out meals at hospitals and in first responders by being there to help families and churches in Lake Charles, Louisiana, who've been devastated by the hurricane. Hey, in Houston, we know what that feels like. And we are here to help. And so we have teams going and uh, helping physically, on the ground. You know, it's the chainsaws, the meals, all the things that we do to reach out and make a difference. We're having a blood drive coming up and that is going to be many for the people, the churches and um, hospitals in Louisiana. Some that are devastated by the hurricane. We've just moved on in life here in Houston. They have not. And so um, a lot of areas are in need of blood and um, patients have been sent over this way and and we, that's something we can step up and fill. All the information about these things you can find on the website. Uh, I encourage you to plug in wherever you feel led, but just know that God's using you, that, hey, we're here for a reason, and that is to make a difference, let people know that uh, God loves them, so do we. Let's give because we love the Lord God. And we love what he's doing through the ministries of this church. We're putting God first. And, and everyone at the uh, campuses right now, you can take out your smartphone, and uh, you can give that way too. All you have to do is text give WC. Make sure it's one word, give WC, to 77977. Or you can mail in your check to One Fellowship Drive, The Woodlands, Texas, 77384. Um, and so it's so important. We can't all give the same amount. We can all give to make a difference, to put God first. And whatever area you put God first in, God blesses and he strengthens. And so we're praying for you for God's blessing in your life. He surrounds us. He'll never let us go. And we can break out of that me first bubble when we realize that he's surrounding us with his power, with his love, and with his grace. Let's stand together for our closing song. Let's sing to the Lord. And let's just lift him up and praise him and give him all the credit and all the glory. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.